When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome into the latest edition of the SPNFC. Kay Murray, Craig Burley and Stevie Nicholl here with you in the studio with a quick look back first at the Europa League draw for the last 16. Here's how it's shaping up. Arsenal will take on Sporting, Juve and Roma taking on Freiburg and Real Sociedad respectively. And following on from knocking Barca out of the competition, Manchester United will face another Spanish side next, that side being Real Betis. Eric Ten Hag had this to say after last night's game. He said, I think this is another step because when you can beat Barcelona, one of the best teams in this moment in Europe, then your belief can be really strong. Then you are able to beat anyone. Let's welcome in Stuart Robson as we talk more about that game. And Craig, this is the first time we're seeing you since Manchester United's oh. win here. So what did you make of it? Uh, unsurprising. Uh, started well. Obviously, bad mistake for the goal. But Barca, with all their possession in the first half, I didn't think created a lot. But they were the stronger side. And then once the second half started and he made the change and the tempo was different. I thought Man United were, were really good. I thought they defended well when they had to. And yeah, it was just a, a continuation of the progress that we're seeing uh, under Eric Ten Hag and obviously Anthony, who's been a big talking point, big player in terms of his fee, with the end product that I think he needs to show more often. So yeah, not a real surprise because obviously Bassa, no, Gab, no Gabby, no Pedri in there. Uh, so they were weakened and United were strong. You thought they were worthy of the win too, right, Stevie? I did, yeah. Yeah, I thought, I thought the longer the game went on, the stronger Manchester United got. Uh, and I, I felt that there was only going to be one winner. And actually, you've got to say that about United right now, that regardless of the opposition, when they're still in a game, the longer it goes, you get the feeling and they give you the feeling that they're going to get something. And they did, and I thought they deserved it. So you're uh, finding it quite exciting, can we say, that Europa League tie? I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart Robson, what's your view on what Eric Ten Hag's done in terms of turning this side around since that start that he had with Manchester United? Well, the, the key thing is, and there's two managers that have turned their sides around. We can talk about Mikel Arteta and, uh, and obviously Eric Ten Hag. And the thing that's changed it, he showed his authority. He won the battle against Ronaldo. And from that moment on, he was able to dictate exactly how he wanted to play. He had the backing of the players. He had the backing of the fans. Mikel Arteta did it with Aubameyang and they changed their fortunes. And Eric Ten Hag has done a very good job with Steve McLaren, who's a, a top-class coach. You know, he, he, he can get himself muddled up with other things at times. But Steve McLaren is a top-class coach and he'll be backing Eric Ten Hag. They look as though they know exactly what they're trying to do now. Players are getting better. Individual players are getting better because they're being coached properly. And that's what we talked about when Solskjaer was the manager. He was putting a team out and they were playing a sort of formation, but there was no actual individual coaching. There was no understanding of what they were trying to do. Eric Ten Hag has won the battle against the senior player and, and got rid of him. And that's helped them out. And he's also won the battle with the junior players, the, the less experienced players, in making them better, encouraging them, coaching them. And as a result, they're a good team now. 
I, I think in, also he's got a player in Casemiro who clearly has been there, seen it, got the T-shirt, but he's making others better. You know, he's giving others confidence. He's filling in. He's 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 winning tackles. He's getting forward as well. He's playing some he's playing some good forward balls. But more importantly, he's getting himself in good defensive positions. Uh, to cover and you'd expect that but the other side of the coin is is everybody knows what's wanted from them you know if you're looking at the centre backs you had Varane and Martinez who played well but if something happens to Martinez it's not another centre half it's another left sided player he wants in there so he'll put Luke Shaw in there and he has done on, on three or four occasions because he wants to make sure they've got a left footed player coming out from the back on that side so everything he's doing has got a purpose about it in terms of the coach and uh, and yeah, it, 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 it's been excellent. And of course, Rashford having the flexibility, you know, to make those runs in behind from the from the wider positions. Then he went through the middle when Veghorst went off. And so the guys know that they've got somebody. If it's tight, they can flick it in behind, and they've got runners. They've got pace in the wide positions. They've got runners from the midfield. We saw Fred getting forward. So. Really, really positive at the moment from United. Yeah, you mentioned Fred. There was a lot of talk about Fred yesterday mm. and the improvement that we've seen in this player. Do you think it's benefiting him being next to a player like Casemiro? 100%. No question. I don't think there's any doubt about that whatsoever. I don't think there's any doubt that the strength of United is up the spine, which all good teams have. You know, De Gea has been making saves when they've been needed. He's done it all season for me. You've got Varane, who when he's fit, I mean... He'll get in most teams. And then we've talked about Casemiro. And look at what's going on around Casemiro with Fred. Fernandez is perfect for the way that United play because he can float around and create stuff. And the biggest surprise for me is Veghorst. When they signed him, I'm thinking, you know what? They just need a warm body. Because nobody thought this guy could play. I didn't think he could play. Yes, I thought it would be a handful if they're playing balls forward and, and let them fight for it. But the guy's, turned, the guy's turned into a provider, particularly for, for Rashford as well. So, well, he wasn't yeah. very good yesterday. Well, all right, he, he wasn't very good yesterday. I'll tell you what. Taking tell, off. Tell me, tell me the last time that the guy wasn't a huge part of what United have been doing, going, for, going forward in particular. You've named everybody down that spine apart from one person. Just get, get it Ooh. over with. Ooh. Get it over with. Ooh. Admit it and get the person down the spine that you've not mentioned. Get that over with. Come on. Doesn't want to say it, does he? I've no idea who he's talking about. Lissandro Martinez. Oh, sure. He was excellent again. Oh, sure. You don't think he was, you don't think not, it was good? He was excellent again. I'll tell you what, he's missed the last eight games he's played four. That's how good Stevie, he is. Stevie, by the way. Martinez, That's how by anyone's. By the way. Lissandro li, Martinez was. Robo. Robo. Who's. Hold on a second. Lissandro Martinez. Who's he playing for? Lissandro Martinez. Who's he playing for? Oh, my God. <laughs> Martinez has done a lot better than I thought he would do when he first came in the first two or three games his positional play wasn't particularly good we can talk about his height and he's going to have problems in the air but it was his positional play that I was worried about and a lack of pace I thought if you haven't got height you've got to have understanding of the game and, and, and pace but he's got by on all counts he's got a good left foot he's been aggressive he's worked well with other centre halves he's worked well with the left back and as Craig said when he comes out with the ball with that left foot he can hit the big diagonal, he can play balls down the channel. So he's been a much better player than I thought he was going to be. There we are. And, he's, and he still overcommits. Listen, this is what, that, I tell you what, this is what, happens, this is what happens when you pigeon your, pigeonhole yourself in with hot takes and you can't backtrack. He's been excellent. He has been excellent. 
beside Rafael Varane. How right? go? No, I'm not away you go. No, I told no. you he's not played half no, the games. No. Well, he's he, so good, he hasn't played half the well, games. Well, Barcelona, he might have Can you tell Barcelona might, well, he's had, I think he's had some injuries. Barcelona was... an injury. Barcelona, I tell you what, when was he injured? One of the biggest games of the season, Barcelona he played. Will he play in the cup final at the weekend? One of the biggest games. Will he play in the cup final? One of the biggest games of the season. Will he play in the? Hold on a second. Against Barcelona. The very person who thinks the Europa League's a waste of time. I do. Has now just called it one of the biggest games of the season. But it was Barcelona. Ten Hag, though, isn't it? Sorry? It's a season-defining week, a week like this, with Barcelona and Europe. Well, that's not what we're arguing about. Well, we're arguing about Martin. We're arguing about Martinez playing in one of the biggest games of the season. Barcelona. In a right. tournament that he thinks is a waste of time. Will he play at the weekend in the cup final? I have no idea. Go All and right. ask Ted well, I think he will. Because he's been excellent. Well, he'll be, he's well-rested because he's not played half the games. <laughs> Well, let's turn our attentions forward then to that cup final against Newcastle on Sunday. United hoping to win their first silverware since 2017. All of you guys are predicting a United win, but we're hearing that Marcus Rashford might not be available after an ankle injury. Oh. Will that affect anyone's predictions at all here? Stevie? No. No? No, listen, it's great news for uh, Newcastle at Hartsford uh, that Rashford's not going to play, but... I personally can't see past the goalkeeper situation because one of the re one of the main reasons that Newcastle was so good. Yes, they they, they played at an incredible tempo that has died down, but you know what? You've got a guy in goal like Pope, who, whenever he's been called upon, has produced, and and now that your actual team is not quite firing in all cylinders, has kind of lost that little edge they had. Then. You don't have the parachute of a guy like Pope, and you're going to rely on somebody. And it might not be Carrius, but it probably is. But there is absolutely nobody who can turn around and say this guy's not going to be thinking about what happened previously with Liverpool. So it's a problem it's impossible. if he plays. It's, it's psychologically, it's a problem for Carrius. And obviously, his, his ability is, is questionable because he's not been playing. So you're playing in a cup final and you're going to have to rely on a guy who's going to have some psychological issues and who hasn't played. That's got to be a huge problem for any team. His, his career really has been defined by one game. Yeah, which is unlucky. And, and now he goes into another huge game off the back of, you know, Dubravka being cup-tied, Nick Pope obviously suspended after that unfortunate incident in the Liverpool game and he has been, as Stevie said, he's been brilliant. I mean, I think he's England's number one. I don't think it's Jordan Pickford. But I think he's the best keeper they've got. So it just puts more scrutiny on, on Carries. The upside is, although Newcastle have slightly gone off the boil in terms of their forward play, it is one of, still one of the best back lines, back fours, in English football at the moment. So there could be some sort of protection there for him. But ultimately, he's not going to have a day where he has to do nothing. So it's just a huge blow for Newcastle. The timing of this whole uh, final for them is not great because, as I said, they've just lost a bit of that magic stardust that they had, I would say, probably just before the World Cup. If Marcus Rashford doesn't play Stuart, what does that mean for Newcastle? Is this what will help them win this final? At the back is great pace. Trippier's okay. 
but uh, Dan Byrne is a, an excellent player on the ball and he's good in the air uh, and he'll be a threat at the, the other end. But whenever people run at him in 1v1 situations when he gets isolated, as he did against Saka uh, when he was playing against Arsenal, uh, he could have problems. So uh, the talk in England is that Rashford probably still will play. I don't think he's actually, they're actually saying he's out just yet. He said he might, he had a slight ankle injury. I think he will, I think he will try and start the game. But if he does play, the pace in behind will cause Newcastle problems. They've been good defensively, but they haven't come up against the pace and the and the, the way that uh, Rashford has played in recent times. So if he doesn't play, massive, massive bonus for Newcastle. But they've still got to get the understanding between the back four and, as Stevie said, a goalkeeper. Because it won't be the it won't only be the goalkeeper that'll have a psychological problem. It'll be the back players having seen him in goal. Okay. I mean, let's not, I mean, <laughs> let's let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves here. It's, it's not ideal. It doesn't. It's not ideal, is it? As Rob was said, he's got a slight injury. It's, it, it, it might be a doubt, but well, let's not have him out of the cup final because it is a cup final. And and here's the deal, by the way. It's not it's not the 1970s where you've got one guy stood on the side waiting to come on. You got you got a, a busload of substitutions you can make. So I, I if I'm guessing and I don't know, I would say he's probably going to play. Uh, take that risk because he is such a big player for them but if he doesn't we've just talked about Anthony Garnacho's been getting some game time uh, they've got players that they can change up obviously nobody of, nobody of the form of Marcus Rashford I mean there's not many in Europe have that form but I just hope he is fit and, and ready to play because it's these games that you want to see the best players and make sure to be with us for ESPN Plus will have the final for you Manchester United taking on Newcastle Sunday at 10.30 Eastern, our coverage will begin. Also on Sunday, big game in the Premier League. Spurs taking on Chelsea. Chelsea with back-to-back -back losses and no wins in their last five games in all competitions. Current Chelsea manager Graham Potter has criticised former manager Thomas Tuchel about the pre-season, saying there was a suboptimal pre-season and speaking to a few of the experienced guys, they thought it was the worst pre-season they've had for different reasons. What's a suboptimal pre-season? Yeah. <laughs> not, not the best. <laughs> suboptimal pre-season. <laughs> well, at least he's taking the mask off, isn't he? He's got the mask off. I, I, I don't like that. You'd, okay, you don't Well, like I, that. I, you know, at the end of the day, Tuchel's gone and, and you know, what's left's what's left and Todd Bowley's signing players or the consortium are signing players and at the end of the day, I, I, it's his responsibility now to get results. I'm not sure... Uh, it's time for the blame game about what happened in pre-season, to be quite honest with you. Stevie's laughing, because you said that you wanted to no, see I'm a little bit more fight from him. Are you happier yeah. to see this from Graham Potter, Steve? Yes and no. Okay. No, because you don't say that. You know, you, you, you just don't do that. Whenever you go into a job, you don't criticise the guy that was there before you. You just don't. It's just not the right thing to do. But, as I said, he's whipped the mask off and he's having a go. I mean, I did say it's about time he, he fought back. So, I'm kind of, I'm split. You don't do that, but at least he's having a go. Craig doesn't like it. Stevie's split. Where do you stand on it, Stuart? <laughs> I don't like it. And the thing that sort of isn't great is that half the players that are there now weren't in that pre-season because they're all new players. <laughs> so, that wasn't Thomas Tickle's fault. Uh, I think there was a problem with the pre-season anyway for all clubs because they didn't have that much time to, to prepare for the season. It all came a bit quick because of the World Cup. 
but it's the wrong thing to do. You never criticise the previous manager because the players that like the previous manager are now going to not like you particularly. They'll lose their respect for you. He's got to get on with it. He's got to make some big decisions. He's got to make some big decisions over what he thinks his best team is, what style of football he wants. And if he keeps with the system, the style of football, and keeps the same team most weeks, he might get some consistency. They might get some results. But at the moment, it doesn't look like they are. I think you could. I think you could say that. And Tuchel touched on this in, in some sense. Bruce Buck left, Granite Sky left, Peter Cech left. So there was a big bridge between management and ownership. And I think it was for sure taking up more of Tuchel's time than he wanted to spend on the training field. So I, I think in some sense it, it was not an ideal. Uh, summer for them because, as I said, he was having to do all these other jobs that previously two or three people were doing. But as Rob was saying, there's a, a lot of new faces here, and, and it wasn't, it, you know, it's not, it's not pre-season that means basically they couldn't hit a barn door from 12 yards out, and that's a problem. Some of their build-up plays been okay. If you look at the Dortmund game, played really well, just really, really poor in front of goal. That it's not a fitness issue. That's just a quality issue. And they've got a big one at the weekend and another defeat, another poor result. It's just going to pile the pressure straight back at him. Nobody's interested now about Thomas Tuchel. They want to know what can Potter bring. So what does the draw mean then? I, I, I think, I've, well, I've gone for a draw because I just can't, I just can't trust any of them. But a draw just means it just, it just rolls on. That sort of mediocrity just rolls on. You've got Spurs winning it, Stevie. Yeah, because uh, because Tom, I mean, I've got I've got Chelsea scoring, right? But the truth is, are they going to score more than one? I don't think they've scored more than one goal, and I think I saw a stat recently. That they haven't scored two goals in one game for about well, I don't know, last century. Something something silly. I just don't see them winning. I don't see them, I don't see them keeping a clean sheet. And they might score, but they're not going to score two or three because they don't and they can't and they don't have anybody to do it. So you can't, you can't think they'll win the game away from home at Tottenham in such a big game where Tottenham are going to break on them for fun. It, I just don't see how they... They'll the outplay the Tottenham because, you know, Tottenham were... You look at their recent form. They beat West Ham, but West Ham have been poor. Uh, and they were so passive. They lost in Milan uh, and Milan... Although it was a tight game, Milan have been horrendous, as you know, in Serie A. And they got hammered at Leicester. So it's neither of the, the two sides fill you full of joy. I think Chelsea will get an opportunity to go and express themselves and play, because that's what Tottenham allow you to do. It's whether then, A, they can take advantage of, of their possession and their pace and the chances that they should create, and B, can they cope with the counter-attack that Stevie's talking about? It, it's It's... I think it's a 50-50 call. There's neither of these sides would instill confidence in you. It seems that that's the way for you as well, Stuart Robson. You've gone for a draw too. If Chelsea are to lose this game, even though the club we keep hearing that Graham Potter's going to be there till the end of the season, will this spell trouble for him? Of course it will, because whatever the board says, whatever the chairman says, whatever the president, whoever, whoever's actually trying to run the club, whatever they say... If you keep losing games, eventually the crowd will start to make big noises. They will start to boo the team. They will start to boo the manager. And, you know, as soon as that happens, the chairman doesn't like the pressure, the president doesn't like the pressure, whoever's in charge, and then they sack the manager. We've seen it time and time again. 
They can say as much as they like, we're backing the manager. If the crowd get on to Potter and the team, eventually he will go. I think it's a big... I think it's the manner in which results might come or may not come. And by that, I mean, I think he could roll out a couple of more defeats here and there if it was tight and there was progress. But if, I think if, if there's any batterings in the offing, which I don't think will happen, but say Tottenham were to roll them over by three, four or more, then I think that could be difficult for them. And, that, and you know, they haven't looked like getting battered, no, but... Every time I think of Chelsea, I think of the Dortmund game. I think of the Dortmund game. Where they, when the final whistle goes, I'm thinking, how did Chelsea do How did that happen? Which was more positive. Absolutely. Played well. But, then, but, they, but, they, but they do play well. They do pass the ball well. But they just can't put the ball in the back of the net. So how do you win games when you can't score? It doesn't happen. Well, that's one of the games coming up in the Premier League this weekend. There are plenty more, obviously, Manchester United and Newcastle not in action when it comes to league play because they're in that Carabao Cup final, but plenty to be keeping your eye on over the weekend when it comes to the Premier League. A lot of chat about the Premier League over on our YouTube page as well. Make sure to always stay up to date with it all by subscribing when you get there. Can you remember the last time you had fun on a bike ride? Lecture e-bikes, the number one seller of e-bikes in America, is here to bring fun and joy back to biking. Their riders routinely say they feel like kids again riding these bikes, and one even said, I'm a 46-year-old man and can honestly say I haven't had this much fun on a bike since I was 10 years old. These e-bikes from Electric are fast, up to 28 miles an hour. They offer lightweight and foldable e-bikes so you can easily take them on the go to explore national parks, campgrounds and more. Even if you don't have a truck, trailer or bike rack, many of their models will fit in the trunk of a car. They also offer long-range batteries that provide over 65 miles of range so you can explore further and longer. Head over to electricebikes.com today and take their bike quiz to find a model that's perfect for your needs. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Big game in La Liga this weekend. El Derby at the Santiago Bernabeu between Real Madrid and Atleti. Second against fourth. Both teams coming into the clash with wins in their last game. Ahead of it, Real Madrid coach Carlo Ancelotti spoke to our team. Is it difficult for a coach to, to tell the, the squad uh, to keep the feet on the ground right after what happened in Liverpool? No, it's not difficult because this is a special game. It's a derby in Madrid. The players are really motivated to play it. 
to play. They 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 will start with a strong motivation in the game. So just to be focused on the strategy that we have to plan uh, and uh, explain the strategy to the player and and play the game. Is this going to be your last derby? Is one of the questions that everyone is wondering about you, <laughs> about your future. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if it's the last or, or not, but I'm I'm really not worried about this. I'm really not worried. I said uh, clearly, I I will stay at Real Madrid until Real Madrid wants that I stay. And the, the day that Real Madrid decided to leave, I have to do only one thing to say thanks to Real Madrid. And who knows, he might just turn back off again anyway and take the role on again if he is to leave. Stuart, it was a great performance at Anfield, it's fair to say, but we just heard Ancelotti there talking about them not needing to be motivated for a derby game. But it's fair to say, isn't it, that they haven't really looked as motivated in some of La Liga's games this season, Real Madrid. Uh, I wouldn't say that was necessarily the case. You know, when they play badly, people say they aren't motivated. On several occasions, they've played poorly. And most of it is, is when they've started the game badly, when they think they can play out from the back. They may be slightly complacent that they think they can play against the opposition. The opposition press them, win the ball back in good areas. And then there's a bit of mayhem. And they don't do well when the game becomes a bit chaotic. They like to control the game. And their control of the game, I always think, depends on whether Modric is playing whether Benzema is playing, and at times whether Tony Kroos is playing. They're the three players that give them control of games. Uh, Camavinga still needs, if he's playing as the holding midfield player, he doesn't, he's not very good with his awareness. He gets caught on the ball too many times. Chouamani's still learning. So I, I don't think it's, it's in terms of they don't actually uh, play quite as hard. They're not focused and all that sort of stuff. I just don't think they start games well enough at times when they think they're going to be able to play out from the back. And that's been their problem throughout the season. They, they have a similar problem to Barcelona in a sense in the Liga, although Barcelona are handling it a little bit better this year, is when, when teams really sit in against them, and as Robbo said, they start the game a little slow, it then becomes a bit pedestrian. I think Liverpool was the perfect storm for them in some senses, that were, the, the game at one point was just so open and became open. Uh, and, it was, and you know, there's not many better teams at picking you apart, particularly with those players in the middle of the park, um, Luka Modric and then the pace of Vinicius and then the, the movement of Benzema. Sometimes in La Liga when you know, they've got that you know, 10 people behind the ball and it's difficult to find that space and they have to do a better job of it. And they're going to have a similar scenario in this derby because unless things have changed in the last few days, Atletico Madrid ain't going to come out and play an open game. So they're going to have to find a different way that they found against Liverpool because Liverpool, in the end, were just so open. Uh, let me tell you what Tony Cross said about Vinny Jr, given what we saw. He's hopeless. He, he, he said he's only going to get better. How uh, scary is that for defenders, Stevie? Oh, frightening. I mean, it's hard to try and picture how does he get better? Because right now, he's making great decisions. Uh, and that's whether, that's whether it's when to pass it, who to pass it to, when to finish, do I finish, do I pick somebody out? I mean, you know, at 22 years of age, right now, he's not doing anything wrong. He's doing what a world-class player does. So how does he get better? I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure because all facets of his game right now is tipped up. You can't, you can't point the finger and say, well, you know what, 
Yes, he's scoring lots of goals. Yes, he's going past defenders. Yes, he's setting teammates up. Yes, he, you, you don't start a sentence by saying, well, he's not doing this. Because right now he's doing everything. So I'm not, I'm not sure how he gets better. He's got a much better understanding now about his role in the team. He's, he's always had the talent. He's got the confidence now since he had the bad spell uh, a couple of years ago, it seems now, I think. Uh, a couple of seasons ago when, when one or two senior players, Benzema included, were getting on his back. And yeah, he plays predominantly on that left side, but when Benzema, who floats around, takes up these positions and drifts out, I think as you get a little older and a bit more experienced, his game awareness is better. Like he, 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 he sees other players moving around him and he takes up a different position. So he's not pigeonholed into being the, the left-sided player and that's it. He's prepared to go and move around when other uh, parts of the team move around. And that's really helping his game. He's got the pace, obviously super talented. The goals are coming as well now. So, yeah, apart from health-wise, there's nothing that's really going to stop him. Robbo, how are Atleti going to deal with him this weekend? Well, you know how they're going to deal with him because I'll go back to Stevie's point and, and Craig's point. He is an outstanding player. His decision-making is good. His pace, his ability to go past people. There's one way he can improve his game, and that's not to get involved with the opposition's right back, not to have a fight with everybody that he comes across, not to have a fight with the opposition's crowd, not to keep going at the referee, because at some point that's going to spoil his decision-making. That's going to take away his focus and his concentration. And if there's one team that will look to affect him and stop his concentration and try and get him sent off, it's going to be Atleti. He's got to be ready for that and he's got to just dismiss that and play his best game and go past the defender time and time again and pick out those right passes, score those goals, make the right cross. If he does that, he's a world-class player. Meanwhile, Stuart, Griezmann got a really nice goal in the last game against Athletic. What have you made of him recently? Yeah, he's been much better. I mean, I think his, his performances and understanding with, I mean, Marathi, you've got Correa in there who could come into the side, but he's playing a lot better now. He looks to have got his confidence back. He's got his pace back. He's making the right sort of runs. He's finishing well. He looks the player that we thought he was maybe two, three years ago. He had that bad spell at Barcelona, not a particularly good spell last season for Athletic. Now he looks like the player that we always thought he was going to be, and he was excellent at the World Cup as well. So a, a back-informed back Griezmann is great to see. Do Real Madrid have to win this one? Yeah. Yeah, that gap is uh, not good at the moment. And... You know, when Barcelona keep churning out wins, as they have been doing, it just puts more pressure on Real Madrid that they cannot afford any mistakes. Not in La Liga anyway. So, yeah, I, I think so. Of course, Atleti need to win to keep the push to secure the top four. But eight points, you know, that's a, that's a, a lot. big gap at this point of the season. You said the same, Stevie? 100%. I think, actually, listen, you're not going to pick it, but... I think actually the fact, you know, we started this segment by talking about motivation. Had, had Real Madrid been away at Cadiz or something, then you might question the highs of Anfield to go and play away at Cadiz. That's never going to be in question when you've got such a big game and you need to win it. It's not a case of, well, we'll take a point. They need to win it because, because they set eight points behind. So 
As far as motivation is concerned, forget it. It will be there in abundance. So it's a big game this weekend in La Liga. We will have full coverage for you, Ali Moreno, and myself in all the build-up for El Derby and plenty of other Spanish football action coming up on ESPN Plus, where every single game is available. Make sure to join us on the latest edition of Extra Time by always staying up to date with it over on our YouTube page. On the latest edition, it's Robbo Craig and Stevie answering your questions. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Sunday's game in the Bundesliga is Bayern Munich taking on Union Berlin. They're level on points going into it. Archie Rintus is going to be at the game and he is here now to speak about it. So Bayern lost uh, to, as we've just mentioned a couple of times there, Archie. Borussia Mönchengladbach last weekend. Dale Upamecano sent off in that game. He won't be available at all for Bayern this weekend because they tried to appeal that red card and that appeal was rejected. Can you tell us more? Yep, rejected, and Julian Nagelsmann was fined €50,000 this week. No touchline ban for him after his outburst at the officials after this. He said that they were a bunch of softies uh, and screamed that down the tunnel uh, in front of the media, which went down very well here in Germany, also going into the referee's room. However, because he gave an apology on social media that very night, uh, it was said by the German FA uh, control boards who in, in charge of this that uh, that was taken into account and as a result, no touchline ban for him. So yeah, that's been the main talking point in Germany this week. Uh, just everything surrounding Julian Nagelsmann's outburst aside from all Champions League stuff right now. And yeah, Upa Meccano has been superb for Bayern this season, apart from when he's faced Borussia Mönchengladbach. That's been his kryptonite. He had a bad game against them in the reverse fixture and he got sent off this time. And it's going to be a big miss for Bayern against Union because he's been, he's been so solid. You didn't even think it was red, Stevie. I can't get over it. He gets fined for saying a bunch of softies. 
I'm, I would imagine Archie. maybe I would maybe Archie's paraphrasing a Archie, little bit there. Yeah, Archie, did he, is that really what he said? A bunch of softies. Uh huh. And he got fined for saying a bunch of softies. Seriously. I think if you go into the referees' room and you insult them, I think there were other things said there, Stevie, as well. Yeah, but yeah. that was the key takeaway that yeah, was we'll get, we'll get into it though. that yeah, was heard we'll down the rest it. of the tunnel. So, yeah. The yeah. red card, though. I, well, I, I think we were, I, I certainly we, I think most of the guys here were universal and they didn't think it was a red card. See, here's the thing, here's the reason I don't think it is. You see how a poor Cano touches his, touches his right arm, right? If you remember, the Bruno Fernandes penalty for the, in the Barcelona game, he pulls the guy the same way and spins him round, which tells you the amount, the amount of pressure he's put on him. And if you see you put Meccano there, the guy lands up, ends up flat on his face because he falls over. That's why I don't think it's a penalty kick. I mean, I, 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 I didn't think it was a red card, and I've seen it not penalty umpteen, um, umpteen times now. But I'm not surprised it hasn't been reversed because there is a little get out there, and because there's a slight contact, right. and that's I think that's the get out in terms of not rescinding it. Uh, and basically back in the referee's uh, decision. So, didn't think it was a red. Not surprised that they haven't uh, reversed their decision. See, here's, a, here's the other thing we've got to remember. If they reverse that, the referee's union is going to be all over the league. And that's part of the problem. Because the league don't want to look as though they're going against the, the referees as well. Whether it's a right or wrong decision, whether the FA think it's a right or wrong decision, they will, they will absolutely back the referees because they don't want to be seen to go against the referees. So without Upa Meccano, how is this game going to go for Bayern this weekend, in your opinion, Archie? Well, it's going to be interesting to see if Julian Nagelsmann picks Leroy Sane as well because it's been revealed this week that he's been a little bit late uh, of, of late uh, for example, he missed the team bus departing for Mönchengladbach and had to drive after it to the airport in his own car. Uh, that wasn't the reason why Yuli Nasman didn't play him from the start against Gladbach, so he says. Uh, we know that Thomas Muller will start this game. That was also one of the big talking points after last weekend, how when Bayern go down to 10 men, the guy that Julian Nagelsmann took off was his captain, in Thomas Muller, and he is of the, the kind of standing at Bayern that whenever he departs early, then that, there are going to be headlines caused, such as his stature at the club. So that's also something else to watch out for. And this is going to be against a team which they're level on points with, who are having the season of their lives. I was at Union Berlin's win against Ajax last night, and... This is not your, your typical title-chasing team. They have, on average, the least amount of possession in the Bundesliga, and they're going to be playing against the team who have, on average, the most as well. But there's something to that because they are so content to not have the ball, and when they do get it, they, are, they tend to be pretty dangerous. This is the Real Madrid of the Europa League. They are very hot indeed when it comes to actually just keeping their cool and not panicking and doing their own thing. 
Geraldo Becker, Ale Moreno's favourite player, is having a very good season. Seven goals and four assists and is lightning quick. Only Karim Adeyemi has been measured being quicker than him in the Bundesliga this season. And without Upa Meccano at the back, Matthijs de Ligt is going to have to play a very good game positionally because he doesn't quite have the same wings on him that Upa Meccano has. So this has all sorts of banana skin potential over it for Bayern. You just think, quality-wise, they still should have too much. Uh, we're very much looking forward to Leipzig taking on Frankfurt this weekend as well, Archie. But what's been the reaction in Germany to that controversial possible handball against Manchester City this week? You know what? There hasn't been. In fact, when it's come to headlines for this, and when uh, I was looking this up before the show... It was talking about more of the reaction in the UK about the handball decision rather than anyone saying anything here. That's something to do with RB Leipzig's stature as a club. They aren't as well supported as the other German teams involved in the Champions League right now. There's not as much, I think, of drama around them and not as much noise. But yeah, there hasn't really been much said about that handball decision. New angles, Craig, changed a few minds. Well, yeah. I mean, but as you guys cleared up yesterday, when facts change, opinions change. I mean, you can you can only analyse it on what you what, what you saw at the time. And uh, when they went back to the BT studio after the game, they had the same angles that we had, which wasn't that one. And everybody said the same thing. I was scratching the head, and clearly, there's been another angle that wasn't put on the broadcast on the main broadcast. So yeah. In, in the long run, it did not. It wasn't a penalty because it hit the shoulder. I mean, it's crystal clear. Uh, let's talk about Frankfurt then, Archie, because it wasn't the best of weeks for them in terms of European football. But who wants to come up against Napoli at this moment? But losing Randall Colo Moani in that clash was not good for them when it comes to that second leg either. So, do you think in any way that will impact them psychologically coming into this round? Well, Oliver Glasner, the coach, said something which I thought was was quite nice about that whole experience of how they're going to learn from it. And he said that just because you you fail one exam doesn't mean you're a bad student. And whilst he has also ripped into his team a bit, saying that the way that they're attacking set pieces right now is as if they want the Nobel Peace Prize. It's as if, I think, the general vibe is, hey, let's not lose our call after one poor performance in Europe against a team which was actually just incredibly good and Randall Kolomowani was also unfortunate because he played the ball first and he just happens to follow through there as your momentum is going to do. The the good piece of narrative we got with this game as well is that Kolomowani was the guy who profited from Christopher Nkunku missing the World Cup through injury and without Randall Kolomowani, okay, you might say, he missed that last gasp chance in extra time to win the whole thing for France. But without him, they weren't getting back into that final because he was the one who won the penalty at 2-0 down. And it's representative of how good a season 
he's having at Frankfurt right now, how I think many supporters expect him to go in the summer for big, big money, 100 million plus. Uh, I think that's their hope. And to be honest, what he's shown this season, why not? Uh, and let's not forget, he arrived on a free from Nantes. So he's been an incredible value for them. And I think it's always a test of character of a player when you have the kind of moment that Colin Mouani had in the week to see how they respond in the next game. Will Nkunku start in this game, Archie? This is the thing. So I was sitting there in the RB Leipzig press room after the game and I had a Carlo Ancelotti-esque eyebrow raised when he said that he'd actually gone against the risk advice of his medical staff who had said there's still some risk here if you are going to play him. And he'd just gone on the word of Christopher Nkunku who said that, look boss, I feel fit, I know myself, I know my body, play me, let me let me have my half an hour. And Nkunku warmed up with no problems, he warmed up at half time with no problems and played the game fine. He said they were gonna monitor it, but he also came out with an interesting analogy today saying that, well, look, something could happen with Christopher Nkunku when he's putting on his slippers and nipping to the loo at home. So there's, there's only so much that I can control. It points to me that he could actually start, that he was willing to take that risk because this is such a big game for RB Leipzig and for Frankfurt. If either of these sides don't win, then that's the title race dream over. They are outside title race hopes for Frankfurt, but they're still there right now. And Nkunku is such an important player. Then again, there's that 30% thought in my mind of, will he play the long game of, we have some big games coming up against that return leg against Manchester City and Christopher Nkunku is a world-class player on his day. And on and his day tends to be most days that he plays when he's fully fit. So I think he I think he will start. Who wins it, Archie? I think that it's going to be a draw. There we go. Oh, all right. Myself on the all right. <laughs> well, you'll be able to see that games and many more this weekend from the Bundesliga. We have plenty of them available for you on ESPN Plus. We will have full coverage of Leipzig against Frankfurt starting at nine Eastern. And of course, that big game on Sunday between Bayern Munich and Union Berlin. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. And that will do it for the latest edition of ESPN FC. These guys are going to be back tomorrow because we have got a big weekend of action ahead. Make sure to catch all those games that are on the slate and catch the guys on ESPN FC to discuss them afterwards. See you then. Hello and welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. We have Robbo, Craig and Stevie answering your questions here today. Right, okay. <laughs> Just waiting. Sometimes there's a little... Have you seen the questions? I've seen them. Oh, is that why you're singing? No, 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 no. no. All right. Are you feeling better, Stevie? Oh, aye. Yeah, you are a little under the weather yesterday. I was, aye. We thought that... Amazing recovery. Yeah, because (laughs) Sergio Ramos had retired, he just couldn't get over from international football. He couldn't get over the the bad news. But we'll we'll get to that. going to come in for that segment alone. There's a question on it, so don't worry. First question's for Robbo. Who's impressed you the most in the Champions League first legs and who's underperformed in your eyes? Oh, the champions, uh, yes. Well, I'm going to go for the team that disappointed me. I did the game and it was PSG. I thought uh, they approached the game completely the wrong way. They were home against Bayern Munich. Uh, Bayern Munich hadn't been playing particularly well. Uh, And for 65, 70 minutes, they decided to sit back and allow Bayern Munich to dominate the game until um, Mbappe came on and then they changed their, their mood completely. So they were the team that really disappointed me. And you'd have to say the team that uh, were above expectations were Real Madrid. It was a great performance, 2-0 down. But they came back and played some excellent football. Their top players came to the fore. So they're the two uh, teams that uh, impressed me and not quite so much. All right. Who's done a better job this season, Arteta or Ten Hag? Oh. Uh... I'd have to say Arteta. I mean, they've both done a great job, but, but ultimately he's manoeuvred them. Well, it's in that Man United are not out of the title race. It's tough, that one, isn't it? Good question, isn't it? I think you're right with your first impression. Though. Yeah, just because he's manoeuvred them into basically, uh, uh, you could argue that they were the favourites and they're still in pole position. Now, from where they were last year, when they didn't even make, they didn't make, they, didn't make, they made the Europa League, didn't they? Oh, Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, made the Europa League. Uh, missed out on top four. Missed out on top four. To play the football they've played and be top of the league for as long as they have been, Arteta by a nose. And Stevie's agreeing with that. What would you yep. say, Robbo? Yeah, I would agree. Uh, when Arsenal at the start of the season, you know, we all said where they're going to end up. I think I certainly said about fifth or sixth at the moment. They're, uh, I would say, the favourites for the title. That's, that's the anti-Man United bias again <laughs> on oh, the course, show because nobody's gone for Eric Ten Hag. So straight away, we all hate Man United. You know, yeah. I mean, you know how it works. Everybody I think that's knows how it works, that anyway. So that you can... all do. All right. Yeah. Craig is Chavi at fault for the loss yesterday. Why? Where, what did? What did? What did he do to lose him again? Well, he was missing two of his best players. United are playing really well, and they were at home. He, he didn't mess about the back four like he did in the first leg. So his players were in the positions we thought they should have been in the camp now, with Araujo back in with Christensen, Bowley, and Kunde. So not not much. I think he was just outplayed in the end. To be you agree, Stevie? Yep. 
Absolutely, I don't think he did anything yesterday you could point the finger at, as Craig said. First leg, different ball game. For Stevie, if you were provided a 250 million war chest tomorrow, who would you bring into the Liverpool squad? Two hundred and fifty mil. So I can get what? Two proper players. Four. Three. I can get. See, we've got to say how many players I can get. Well, who do you want most of all? Bellingham. Most of all, I would take Bellingham in a heartbeat. And There's a hundred gone. There's a hundred gone. Caicedo from Brighton. There's sixty. Yeah, There's sixty, hundred and sixty. So I've got. So that gives me ninety. You need a centre-half, no? Where are you going? I think Kanati... Where are you going? You I going? think if Kanati can stay fit, I think he's... There's a good one at Man United. Yeah. Left side as well. Look <laughs> <laughs> sure. What about, yeah. what about a right-back sure. that can right. defend? What about yeah, a right-back that can defend? Yeah. Or wants to defend? Yeah. What about that, Stevie? Yeah. Well, actually, that seems like a smart move, but I'll tell you what, Rob, well, there's not many of them around these days. <laughs> right backs that can defend. I can't think, I'm trying to think of one. No. Walker. Well, you wouldn't pick the Manchester United one, would you? No. Dallow, no. No. Well, no, you were thinking about... No, but you, I mean... Well, see, that's the thing. I mean, if you're talking one-on-one -on -one defending, then Wan-Bissaka is really good. He's probably as good as MD. But he's got two left feet. <laughs> yeah, you're getting nothing so going you forward. Get, you're not getting a lot you, going forward. You're getting nothing going forward. What about so, Reese James at Chelsea? Reese James at Chelsea. Would you have him? Yes. Yes. Yeah, he's a player. Oh, yes. Yeah, he's a player. So there you go. Chelsea's best player. Are you hoping for Bellingham, Caicedo, and Bellingham, Bellingham, Caicedo, and Reese James? Thank you, Robo, for your help. <laughs> Sporting director Robo. Yeah. Start, bench, or drop Robo. Casemiro, Rodri, and Partey. Four. Uh, well, for his experience, for his understanding, I'd always play Casemiro. Um, uh, again, for his experience, and he's, a, he's, he's proved to be he's a winner time and time again with Man City. Rodri, uh, Rodri yeah. uh, he would be the next one. And Partey, who's still got a bit to learn. Very good for Arsenal at the moment. He would be my third favourite out of those three. Do I actually think Rodri's playing it? He's, I mean, I think he's a fantastic player but I, I think he's not actually playing as well as he was Rodri that is at the moment uh, made a, made, he's given the ball away more in the last three or four games and I'm not really thinking about the Leipzig game I was thinking about uh, was it the Tottenham game what was it the, can't remember the game he made a mistake so he's not quite been on his A game but they're all good players aren't they that's Robbo's anti-Arsenal ways again. They didn't want to put yeah, party in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, party's done very well, Hates but everyone. He, at the moment he's not got the experience or the or the backup that uh, Rodri and and Casemiro have with all the medals and and trophies. There's one and the that sort of yeah, game understanding, I would say. He doesn't have the guile of the other two, does he? Uh, no, party. I don't think he's got the guile of the other two. All right, for Stevie, here it is. Your boy Sergio Ramos retired from international football yesterday. Where do you rate him all time among centre backs? Top ten, maybe? <clears throat> well, if you give me time, I could compile a top ten and he might not be in it. 
I've got a feeling he's not in your top ten. When when you well, when you here's, here's here's the problem, right? This depends. This it depends on how you put this question. I mean, all the things that he's done have been about his leadership going forward, about scoring goals. Who are you looking at? About his drive, about about like leading the team. As far as playing the game's concerned, you can't have a world record amount of red cards and yellow cards and be considered a great defender as such. But zero, All the red, other stuff zero red cards for Spain. Okay. When you started the answer there, you said, if you give me time, I might not put him in, which suggests you think he is in the top 10 when you think about it straight away. No. I, 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 That's just the way you've taken it. Okay, I'll give Stevie something to think about. I'll give Stevie something else to think about. It's a good question. Go on, Ravel. I'll give Stevie something else to think about. Now, we've just seen the Bicycle Diaries on the show, and Marcelo was the left-back, who never was a left-back. He was always in the left-wing position. And Sergio Ramos, as he did against Liverpool in the in the uh, European Cup final, the Champions League final, he did the centre-half job and the left-back job. And he, he sorted out Mo Salah on that day with a, with a bad sack or whatever. But he was prepared to defend the big well, area. And, and, he, and he, actually, he actually did a lot of Marcelo's defending for him. He was isolated at times. So he's a very, he, most of the time, he was a very good player. You have to give him that. So he's top 10 for you, Robbo. Most of the time. Yeah, so I would say most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I'm not going to get him. But I think, I'm not speaking for him. But I think... Am I right in saying you, when Stevie's looking at a defender, anyone who spends as much, forget the red cards, anybody who spends as much time on his backside is not as good as the guys that have read it already, you know what I'm saying? Huh? No, it's not good. Positionally, there have been a lot of centre-halves defenders that have been better at reading the game than Ramos. So he's not is that a safe? Is he, is no, he, is I, he making it then? Yeah, I just, I don't... Look, if, if, if somebody says the world-class defender, right, then there are certain things I'm looking for. And I'm not looking for a world record amount of red cards and yellow cards if you're a, for defending. What are you looking that straight away goes against everything. What about all the titles That's, he won with Spain and Real Madrid? But you can't, I'm, we're not that, talking that about that. Over we're not talking, cards. there's loads of guys that, there's loads of guys that have won, they got World Cup medals that, that, that weren't that great. Three major titles in a row with Wait, Spain but, that you started on all three of them. We're not talking about who's won what, we're talking about as a defender. As a defender. So if you've got the world record red cards and yellow cards, that means you're making mistakes as the defender. Would you agree with that? Or maybe you're getting caught up in arguments and things you shouldn't be too. But that's, that's why you're not a good defender, because you shouldn't be getting caught up in arguments. That's part of the game. So, you get, so that means that psychologically you're easily put off. If you're getting involved with things and getting red cards and yellow cards, that's not a good thing, is it? Is it? So is this your long way Hold it, answer the question. No, you're, you're busy throwing a question at me, no, so because, answer my question. No, never mind, no. No, never mind, never mind, no. Just, can you just answer the question, right? So it's, no, if it's you, not great. Can you answer the question? It's not great, but it is great if you're starting in well, major you title just, wins. You could have just answered the question. Right? You just answered the question. It's not great. 
But you're, you're ignoring that to talk about the red cards. I'm not. I'm putting it all time. together. I'm putting it all together. So he's not in your top ten. I would get. A I could put a top ten together, and he wouldn't be in it. All right. And none of those players would have as many reds and yellows, and none of those players would have got wound up and started getting involved. All right. Because that's part of the game. Would you agree? Well, that's part, part of the, of the game. game. Yeah, but so oh, there you go. Thank you. So, yeah, but then you. he's lucky. He's in some sense he's playing at Real Madrid and playing for Spain at that time when they had the best team. So that's that's not that's a different argument. It's a bit like saying you know the Argentinian boys that that won the World Cup off the back of some brilliance from Messi and one or two others. They were workmanlike. Right. But it doesn't mean they are the best defenders or. You know, Rodrigo de Paul's now, now the best midfielder in Europe, uh, playing in Europe because they won the World Cup. It's, I mean, I would say Bar to Maldini and Baresi. I mean, you could go to Italy, where over the years they have had arguably some of the great half defenders. Half a dozen could be in the top ten. Serea, guy who played at Juventus. One thing we know is that these you never, you wouldn't even know the guy was. Oh, no, you would never have known the guy was playing. This guy, Serea, centre back. You'd never have known he was on the field. He was that good. So he's in the top He didn't have to make a tackle. He didn't have to make a tackle and get a yellow. He didn't have to make a tackle and get a red because he either got there first and cleaned it up or made sure somebody else was there to clean it up before okay, it Okay, he's going to go to Alan Hansen in a minute. He's going to say <laughs> Alan Hansen and Mark Lawrenson in a minute. <laughs> oh, no, I don't even need to go there. Hey, Robo, that's my... They're my, two, they're my two bankers, my backup. Well, he's got... At least we know what next week's... Uh, <laughs> next week's well, there's not many slow days next week there's a lot of games but Stevie's top 10 defenders yeah that's a good one and we'll get him a set now that Shaka's not around for the time being <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we know one person who isn't definitely making it in there alright start bench or sell this is for all of you Dan Thomas's frosted tips Burley's bleached hair or Stevie's three on top, two on the sides. Oh, but listen, <laughs> the three on the the three on the top, two on the sides starts all day. <laughs> Come on, get, hold on a second. No, but that's not the picture. The picture where the, the one where it, it, it. That's it growing out a little bit, right? That's not the first. No, no, Stevie. When they sent that picture that we had, I don't know. We have, obviously haven't got it now. When his head just looked like, looked like a it looked like a, a year old potato on the top. And he just hold on a second. Is your eyesight okay? No, I'm not looking at your. Can you not see the thing in the middle? Yeah, but that definitely <laughs> that thing in the middle was not worse than when you told the barber the wrong settings. Remember? I do. Yeah. I mean, all that was I would say is. All I would say is, the picture on the right-hand side, I don't think he ever thinks his hair looks particularly good. The one in the middle was doing it for a bit of a joke at the World Cup. But the other bloke thinks he's a male model. That's the big problem with that. <laughs> Dan Thomas, so he's got to be benched straight away. He does look at that, pose. So who, who are you playing then, Robbo? Oh, I've got to play Craig. I mean, at least he's got some barnet in that one and it looks OK. <laughs> I, you know, it might be bleach, but it looks as though it's a, a decent style. What do you reckon, Stevie? Start bench or sell here? <sighs> but that's the wrong picture for Nickel, so it's, know, it's wrong null and void. It's not the right. Like, Dan, the only thing he should be modelling. It's not a particularly great picture, that one. Yeah. <laughs> no. Dan uses it all the time honest. on Twitter. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a good look, is it? It's not a very endearing photo no. of you. I've seen better. No. What should Dan Thomas be modelling? Spark plugs? <laughs> Plugs. <laughs>
<laughs> Don't knock it. It's got balaclavas. See, the problem is, the ski helmets. The other two are really bad. That as much as Dan looks as always uh, posing, Dan's Dan's looks not too bad next to the other two. Right. Okay. So you're going to start Dan. I'd have to start Dan. I bet he'd have Sergio Ramos in his top ten centre backs of all time. Yeah, well, he's a fanboy. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> That will do it for the latest edition of Extra Time. Thank you so much for sending in your questions. Make sure to do so every day and the panel will answer them on ESPN FC. Can you remember the last time you had fun on a bike ride? Electric e-bikes, the number one seller of e-bikes in America, is here to bring fun and joy back to biking. Their riders routinely say they feel like kids again riding these bikes and one even said... I'm a 46-year-old man and can honestly say I haven't had this much fun on a bike since I was 10 years old. These e-bikes from Electric are fast, up to 28 miles an hour. They offer lightweight and foldable e-bikes so you can easily take them on the go to explore national parks, campgrounds and more. Even if you don't have a truck, trailer or bike rack, many of their models will fit in the trunk of a car. They also offer long-range batteries that provide over 65 miles of range so you can explore further and longer. Head over to electricebikes.com today and take their bike quiz to find a model that's perfect for your needs. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com.